Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a solid and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think about the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It's that easy. What are your goals? Are you looking to gain muscle? Are you looking to lose fat? Are you looking for an energy supplement? Heck, maybe you're looking for a place to make your own custom smoothie or oatmeal. They have everything you need with the best quality ingredients. There are a million supplement companies out there selling a million different supplements, and I know it's hard to choose. And marketing has a lot to do with the decision that most people make. A lot of people will go with the one with the cooler label without even looking at the ingredients. Well, the cool thing about True Nutrition is that they don't try to hide behind a label. They take that money from the appealing marketing and they put it into the supplements to bring you the best product possible. Again, CEPN in the promo code box. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about the NBA championships, Adam Sandler movies, streaming music versus buying it, and so much more. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to hear us cover, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll even give you a shout out. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another edition of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato. My good friend in Zoom land, Patrick Blair. How are you, sir? Zoomy Zoom. What's up, dude? Zoomy Zoom. It's been a, it's been a it's been a it's been a hectic Monday. We don't need to get into it. It though. has we, been we, a. We saved that for. <laughs> it's been a hectic and stressful Monday. I have. We saved okay, that okay. off the podcast conversation. Okay, we're not going to go into it, but I'm going to describe how I felt today. Because so let's just say that there was some, uh, I wouldn't say argument. I would just say that amongst some people, there was quite a bit of, what's the word I'm looking for? Give me, give me a word that you would describe. Animosity. Okay. That'll work. Animosity might be strong, but also you're divulging too much already. So I'm just going (laughs) to cut you off right there. No, okay. So, how I what I want to transition to is I want to transition to how I how what I figured out today was how you deal with not anger. How how you deal with stress is a lot different than me. Like stress, so? stress in the form of today gives me anxiety, but you are like okay. full on, full force ahead deal with it now, get it over with. And I wish I was that way, but I'm not. Um, yeah, man, I'm an adult. I, I tackle <laughs> conflict head don't, on. Don't I, be an why? That was an asshole comment. Get it, get it, <laughs> just got to get it out of the way, dude. I, I, yeah, I look, I understand where you're coming from, believe me. I probably am one of the more anxiety-riddled people you know. However, I've, I've been working on, for many years now, the ability to communicate and effectively deal with conflict in a non-confrontational way, okay? 
So you say you've been working on that. How how do you, how would you explain that you work on that? Like if it, if well, it's my taking therapist has a, my therapist has a lot to do with this. Believe me, um, is that I've been working on it on my own. Is that legit? That would you be a failure. Do you have a therapist? Yeah, I go to therapy, bro. I didn't know that. Everyone should. Yeah, I'm not well, downing I mean, it's not you. Something you know. I'm not downing you for it, but I mean we've been friends for this long, and I didn't know that you did. I'm sure there's lots about you I still don't know. So I don't but know. Yeah. There's not a whole lot really to this guy. <laughs> Maybe that's why <laughs> you don't deal with confrontation. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um. So I, ultimately, I've been trying to work on that, and you know, today I decided to air it out and get to the bottom of things, and that's. Again, there, there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as it doesn't get confrontational and things of that nature. So uh, I'm not, we'll put it this way. I've been working on it for many years and I'm still not good at it, but, and well, I will continue but, to be working on it for the rest of my life. I'm never going to have it mastered. I'm never going to know better than anyone else, but, but, I'm but you would at say least going to try. You would say you used to be a lot worse is what you're saying? 100%. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was bad at it. Anger, impatient, all that, you know, no patience. Um, yeah. So do you feel like, do you feel like naturally with life that you have not like, I don't know how I want to explain it. Like, do you think naturally just growing older, getting older, that that naturally comes like, being more less confrontational, dealing with things, dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress is a little easier or do you think it gets worse or like take your therapist uh, out of it? Like, where do you think you would be now? Yeah, I well, look, I think the idea of that, the older you get, the wiser you get and you sort of evolve and you mature. That's kind of a cliche to me. I don't think it has anything to do with my age. Again, that's just a number several places in my life, but it's just a number. Uh, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with my behavior or my perception of other people's behaviors and things of that, which kind of ties into what happened today. <laughs> so, um, no, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I mean, it, it could, but on, I think it, it would be, it would be a minuscule impact. You know, therapy helps. I have a good, fucking lady in my life who deals with you, you. Know, she she doesn't let me off easy <laughs> so i could i could be with someone who would just put up with my bullshit or the bullshit that i used to subscribe to and that wouldn't help me at all she doesn't put up with my bullshit and but that, she tries that, that's to be a, that's a learning an effective communicator herself so that's a part of you growing though too right to know that to know that she's putting up with, she doesn't put up with it. Like you're, you're putting bullshit out there, but she's not putting up with it. And you realize that mm. like, there's a different, there's a difference in that than just putting bullshit out there and them accepting it. And then you kind of getting away with it and just hurt them rolling with it. Right. There's a difference between that and you actually knowing that you're spewing something that they're not going to take. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I want someone that's going to call me on my bullshit and I want someone that's going to have opinions and, you know, uh, <laughs> you know I don't want a robot, you know, right. I wanted a robot. I would just go buy a sex robot online and never leave my house. You know what I mean? Like that's ultimately, if I wanted that out of a partner, I'm saying <laughs> that would be the, <laughs> the easiest route to go, you know? So I, I want someone who's going to challenge me to be better and give me their opinions and expect me to get better. Um, so, but yeah, man, sorry. I stressed you out today. It's all wasn't, good. It's all good. Deal we're, with it. You'll be okay. <laughs> we're here now. Boy. We're here now. But, uh, well, re- regardless, aside been- from that, a lot's happened since our last podcast. That's true. Is that what you were going to just say? That's exactly what I was going to say, but you took over. So it's okay. We're still in the same spot we were going to be if I would have said it. Well, let me ask you this. And since you were going to say that, so one of the things that has happened is we have a, uh, I don't know how, how much you care or if you watched, but we have an NBA champion. LeBron has won another title. So I want to ask you right now, because it's so important. Who's the goat LeBron or Mike? I'm still saying Mike, but still saying, okay, but you know, many different people are going to have many different things to say on the topic and not, not just the goat status. I'm taking that out of it, but many people are going to have a lot to say about LeBron and winning championships with three different teams now because some people, there's like two sides of the coin here. There's like, some people might say, okay, LeBron was able to take three different teams to the finals and win championships. You're going to have another side that says, you moved two teams that were probably going to make it that far regardless. Mm, I don't agree with that. You don't, okay. You know, I've heard, I've heard that, so that's why I'm... Yeah, so you're referring to the Lakers and the Heat then. Yes. Right? Yes. Who thinks the Lakers would have won without LeBron? What lunatic thinks that? You think eventually they would have won had they not? Yes. Had LeBron not gone? Yeah, well, I mean, you, know, you could say that about the Timberwolves, too. You That's know? true. But yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, but I, get, I, I guess I get that. Uh, yeah, people are going to definitely have to talk about the fact that he did lead three different teams to a finals win. But I also am still – nothing's going to change my mind. The, the question of whether he or Michael Jordan is the GOAT is a stupid one. I don't think it makes any sense. I think they're two different players, right? two different eras. They each do things better than the other, and let's just call it that. I think there's only one Michael Jordan, and there's only one LeBron James, you know, um, so, whether LeBron is considered the GOAT or not. So, so. Let, let's get down to – Take away basketball from it. Let's get down to a personal level with LeBron James. Oof. What's your now we're talking about what what's your personal thoughts on him? I mean, the fact that in the finals, was it was it the finals or yeah, in the finals, he literally walked off of the or he he left the game before the game was over with. He went to the locker room before the game was over with. Are you talking about game five? I, I guess. I just know it happened. I'm yeah, not sure yeah. what game it was. The, the game yeah, the game that they lost, um, so yeah, it was game five because they won in six. Game five, yeah, he, he he left and he came back. I, at the time, was like, where is this dude going? Like, what, what is he doing? 
um, or was it the was it the the game that they won? It I think I think the they lost. They they, it was the game that they lost. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I think at the time when I was watching, I was like, "What is he doing?" But uh, who cares? I mean, LeBron gets to do that, you know. He, I, they, I, think, I don't like that excuse. I think he's earned that right. It doesn't mean sorry. <laughs> it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that people shouldn't question it. But I think he's earned the right to do that. Uh, but also, he should know better. And here's why. He should know better because he's been, since the beginning of his career, he's been compared to Michael Jordan, and everyone still hates the fact that Michael Jordan did it against the Pistons. So much so, so, much so that Isaiah Thomas still holds a grudge right. and still complains about it. He complained about it during this NBA Finals, probably on a first take or one of these shows where all they do is scream at each other about nonsense. Um, so that's why I say LeBron should have known better. But again, it wasn't as it wasn't as abrasive and it wasn't as sort of like, I guess, confrontational or controversial when he did it as opposed to when Jordan did it. So I, at the time, was like, what is he doing? But then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, who cares? Let him do what he wants. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to him just outside of the basketball player, I still think I don't care about the social justice stuff. People can say what they want about that. They can be mad about it. It doesn't bother me one bit. What, he can what, use that platform the way he wants. What about um, him feeling what? the need to say that, or like ask for respect after... Yeah, good question. Those are the things that bother me more than the social justice stuff. Right. When he goes to Twitter and says cops are killing us, it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when he says I deserve my damn respect too or when he makes incredibly stupid mistakes with the media. When he called himself the greatest player in the world, doing those things. That stuff bothers me more. Because again, why have you not learned that you're just going to be crucified for that kind of shit? Right. You already have your respect. What do you, what? And when he said that, I just go, God, it, it just sounds so whiny. Like, why even say that, man? So you want respect. So now you want to be a part of the, you think the conversation should be shifted to you from Michael Jordan as the GOAT. You know who would, you know who could care less about whether they're the GOAT or not? And they internalize it and they just show up when they need to show up? It's Michael Jordan. Right. He held all of those grudges and had all of that resentment when he played, while he played, and even still to this day. He still to this day, he said on the last dance, is still pissed that he didn't win MVP that last year that he was in the league. You know, uh, but he internalized all of that. He never went in front of the media and said it. Whereas LeBron feels the need, and maybe again, that's the difference in eras. You know, LeBron grew up in the social media era of pro sports, whereas Jordan did not. So maybe that's a difference between the two that you have to consider as well. But but my thing is, if if I were to go out and make that statement like he did, I wouldn't expect more people to respect me because I said you need to respect me. Like I, I don't I, I, I don't think I, I don't think you should have to ask for respect. I one hundred percent agree. Those that feel respected don't ask for it, period. Right. And those that don't care if they're respected, that truly don't care, don't ask for it. 
Right. You know, he's kind of giving a piece of him. He's showing a side of himself that, to be honest with you, it's it's not weak, but it, it shows that you pay attention to this crap. Right. When you shouldn't, you know, and, and again, that's a difference in eras. You know, guys like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. And I, they, when I thought of Larry, when Larry Bird popped in my head, it actually made me think of something else that I'll bring up in a sec. But so, God, like, yeah, again, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, these guys, they didn't worry about what the media thought about them, what the fans thought about them. But I, um, but I also wonder all, because media wasn't as big of a thing then. I mean, it, like TV media was, was, but like your social medias and things like that weren't around. And those seem to be bigger than TV is now. You're right. You're right. But if you look, if you go back and look at some of the videos of when Michael Jordan would leave a hotel, right. Or would leave the court when he would be in the locker room and he, you know, the media would be there. That was a shit storm, dude. That to me, would be just as stressful as the constant social media output that not only media members, and I'm using half of an air quote there, and you know, regular social media users are putting out there into the universe. That has to be just as stressful. Um, but the one thing I wanted when I thought of Larry Bird, this is this is what I thought about. The, the, the reason that, or one of the things that makes me think that the Michael Jordan versus LeBron conversation is, 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 is a stupid one is that when you say that with that one is better than the other, you're not thinking about all of the other things. So who's better at what, who played when, and you're not thinking about the difference between the two. There's just no way for you to compare a guy who, when Jordan won his last title, LeBron's, 36 I want to get the math right on this but when Jordan won his last title how old would LeBron have been let's find out I just think it's crazy to compare the two and I'm going to find this but so while I'm thinking about it 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 makes me think about and I don't know if you remember this maybe you do you watched all of the last dance right yes did you watch the 30 for 30 about the uh, bad boy Pistons? Mm-mm. That that team? Uh-uh. Ah, damn it. So maybe you know about this, maybe you don't. So if you don't, then... So back when the Pistons and the Celtics had a rivalry, during one of their series, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but after the Celtics won a game, the media was in the Pistons locker room and they were talking to Dennis Rodman. And they asked Dennis Rodman about Larry Bird. Okay. And Dennis Rodman said, well, if he were a black guy, he'd be just another player. Okay. That's what he said. Now, before we even think about how dumb that comment is, (laughs) the media members went to Isaiah Thomas and said, Hey, Dennis Rodman said this. Do you agree? And Isaiah Thomas in a little cute roundabout way, like he liked to do with the media said, yeah, I agree with that. But let's think about how dumb that comment is. So yeah, if he were a black dude, he still would have cracked your ass that night and he would have scored 36 points, had 15 rebounds and 12 assists. So what does that even mean? Right? So what happened, what had to happen next is they had to have a press conference with Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah had to basically apologize for being racist. Right? 
No one stopped to think about, and this is the, this is what I'm saying. People need to do with the Michael Jordan LeBron argument. No one stopped to think about, well, saying that doesn't even make sense because if he's if the color of his skin is different, he still scored 36 points, had 15 rebounds and 12 assists, 12 assists, and the Celtics won. So what does it matter? You know what I mean? Why? Why? Like he'd still if his skin color changed, he's still one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. So what does it matter? Why? What about? It's such a dumb thing to say. Okay, I'm confused here. Why did Isaiah Thomas have to make the apology? Because he, he wasn't even the one that made the statement. Because he was the star of the team. He was the star of the team. Huh. And and the media used that against him. You know, the media immediately went to Larry Bird and said, "Hey, did you hear what Isaiah Thomas said?" Right. Taking it out of context and not really putting it out there that Dennis Rodman said it first. Right. Which also one of the dumbest guys in the history of the NBA <laughs> said it. No one stopped to think about that either. Um, so, but it's just, it's such a dumb thing to say because it, it doesn't make any sense. So if his skin color magically changes, he still was the best player on the floor that night and you guys lose. I, I'm, I'm, so, ra- I'm wrecking my brain here trying to think of how that statement is logical. Like what did he, it, when he said it, what did he mean by it? What he meant was it has nothing to do with his play. It has everything to do with the color of his skin, meaning everyone makes a big deal out of him in the type of player he is because he's and white. his skills because he's white. But again, if his skin color magically changes overnight, he still is that skillful and still beats you. He is, but media you know? doesn't look at him as highly maybe because he's a black guy. Or, 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 or maybe, or, or maybe, maybe he would be more, and maybe he would be more expected to have to, if he was that size and if he was Larry Bird, but he was black, maybe he would be expected to be able to put up all those stats versus being white. Maybe the expectation isn't there as much just because of what basketball is. Essentially. Yes. Uh, the, the idea that a white superstar existed in that time period was it wasn't a regular thing by any means there were more black superstars than there were white so there you know it was dennis robbins way of saying you're getting all of this attention because you're white and if you were black everyone would just consider you another player well jesus christ i'd love to be just another player and average 32 <laughs> points a game and, you know what i mean and, and 10 rebounds a game and eight assists right. a game like you know what i mean it's, it's such a like no one stopped to think about it that way so like that with the lebron and Jordan argument, no one stops to think about the difference. They just talk about the titles or the people. Well, I'm saying the people that I'm referring to in this, in this situation go, well, Jordan won six titles and LeBron's only won four. So until LeBron wins six, there's no need to argue about it. They go, no, there's no need to argue about it because they're just different. They just are period. Okay. Let me ask you this. Would you look any differently at it? If any of the titles that LeBron had won was all with the same team. Do you look more highly upon Would LeBron because he's won titles with different teams? Or if it was all the same team, would that make a difference to you? I would have an easier time, and I'm not saying that I do, but I would have an easier time saying LeBron is the GOAT if he had won four championships with the Cavs. 100%, hands down, yes. It would be easier for me to even have the discussion, and I wouldn't blow it off like I'm doing now saying that it's a it's it's a, a pointless discussion to have. 
Um, especially the Cavs team he took to the finals in 2007 or eight, which he was surrounded by me on the court. <laughs> and he took that team. He took that team to the finals. And I, I mean, no disrespect to the players on that team, but he took that team to the finals and, you know, I think they think, you know, they went five games with the Spurs, six games with the Spurs. Um, and they even say in the, the, the Cleveland 30 for 30, like after that season, everyone was like, well, we didn't think they'd make it this far. So he gets kind of gets a break. And then the next season when they didn't win, now he's sort of under the weight of expectations. Like when is it going to happen? And also his contract's coming up. So if he doesn't win here, is he even going to stay here? Now the rest is history. We know what happened, <clears throat> but so it would be much easier for me to say, yes, he's close to being the goat if he had won four with the Cavs, but he didn't. So here we are. Uh, I'm trying to find Jordan's. What are you looking for? Jordan's what? Jordan's Jordan's last title was 1998. Yeah. So Jordan's last title was 1998. Let me make sure I know LeBron's age here. I don't want to say the wrong thing here. Well, if you could look up his date of birth. LeBron is 35. Okay. Which would make it would be what? 86 that he would have been born. Yeah. So he'd have been 12 whenever Michael Jordan won his last title. So let's just be funny about it. We're comparing a 12-year-old to <laughs> Michael Air Jordan, right? If if the, if at that point someone had said, "Hey, if someone had gone in front, you know, said done an interview or written an article, "Hey, there's this 12-year-old from Akron, Ohio. He's the next Jordan." Which happened 40 years later when he was on the fucking cover of sports illustrated 16 years old but we would have been like why are you comparing a 12 year old to michael jordan right you know i don't know it's just it's it's a it's a i just don't like doing the i don't like having the argument because i just think they're different lebron is better at some things period jordan is better at some things i don't know why it can't just be that you know um so here's the real question. Will you watch Space Jam 2? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think I can. I think, well, no, no. I take that back. No, I'm going to have to. I mean, I have a, I, I have a son now, so I think eventually I'll, I'll at some point had to have watched it. When does that shit show come out? I don't know. I mean, it, it's still, okay. it might still be in production, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. That's gonna be um, we- that's gonna be weird. Like if if it's the along the same path as Michael Jordan in Space Jam, because it's like a lead role. LeBron hasn't done anything that major, right? He's done like small roles in movies, but nothing to where he's I the mean, face of the Jordan. whole movie. But neither had Jordan. Yeah, that's true. So at least LeBron had some sort of acting experience going into it. I can't think of anything that Jordan did before Space Jam other than commercials, which I guess counts. Um, It does, but I guess that makes you think that's actually pretty impressive, right? To not really have a resume in acting besides like commercial, small commercials or whatever, and then go into a movie where 
it's you're not really surrounded by a whole lot of people. It's mainly like, you know, green screen or however they do cartoon. I don't know how, how that works when you're one person in a room with a bunch of cartoon characters. I don't know how that really works, but that's still got to be kind of impressive, right? Yeah. Let me, what are you more impressed by Jordan and space jam or Shaq playing a genie in Kazam? There, <laughs> the word impressed has, is nowhere around the <laughs> movie Kazam. <laughs> how dare you? What about, uh, what was, what was the other movie? He was, didn't he play like a, uh, he play like a robot babysitter or something like that. Didn't Shaq he? did. I'm going to Shaq's IMDb right now. This is this has to be known. Uh, Shaquille. Shaquille. Yeah, I thought he played like a robot baby. Or am I thinking of Hulk Hogan? I'm getting confused. Hold I on. don't know, but those I'll are turn. two wildly different people. <laughs> Not necessarily. You know, if, if Hulk Hogan were black, he'd Shaq be just another the wrestler. Beat, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Hold on. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm getting there. Hang on, sorry. Okay, so he was in, Shaq was in Kazam, and so his first movie was Blue Chips, 1994. Still one of my favorite basketball movies ever. Kazam, 1996. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking of the movie Steel. Do you remember that shit in 1997? No, I do not. A scientist for the military turns himself into a cartoon-like superhero when a version of one of his own weapons is being used against enemies. And this is So they tried to convince us that Shaq was a scientist. <laughs> that's, I guess that's it. He's been, he's had a lot of like, you know, he's been in a lot of stuff, but I guess that was his last starring role. And I can't say that I'm surprised by that after reading the description of that movie. What was the last thing he was in? Uh, Probably one of the, what, well, I don't know if you even watched him. Uh, wasn't he in one of the Grown Ups movies? I just scrolled through that as you said that. Uh, he was Big Fella and Uncle Drew. I don't know what that is. He was in that Hubie Halloween movie that's on Netflix right now. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I got five minutes in and I turned it off. So, hang on. I, if, if, I, if this is the movie I'm thinking of, and if I know this right, isn't this the movie that Adam Sandler basically said he was going to make a shit movie on purpose? Why would he do that? I don't know. I'd have to look up the story now. I don't, I'm not sure. There's 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 something to this where he where he said that he was going to make a shit movie on purpose and I'm pretty sure this is the one that it was, but well, but you know what, what you I, I was I was watching the trailer of it and there are a lot of big names in that movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Adam Sandler threatened to make a terrible movie on purpose if he doesn't win an Oscar for Uncut Gems. That's it. Yep. Well, I got news for you, bro. Uncut Gems was a shit movie, too. Um, maybe this was it. I don't know. Who? Well, look, five minutes in is all I watched, but if, if that's the case, he, he, did, he did a great job making a shit movie. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um, 
have we talked about that movie on this pod? Have you seen Uncut Gems? No, I have not yet. Dude, it's still I I just saw a tweet today. Someone being like, "Oh, finally watched Uncut Gems. I can't believe Sandler didn't win an Oscar. It's his best work ever." And I'm like, "Man, what did I see that they didn't see or what did they see that I didn't see because I fell asleep. I hated his character in the movie. I hated his performance. I hated his terrible accent. I so, just did not like it at all. So as far as Adam Sandler goes, what's your favorite role of his? Like, okay, let me... Let me if, I was going to try to think of one of those earlier terrible... <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't even think of it, but never mind. If, um, if, if we had to pick, like, the closest to an Oscar-winning performance that you've seen by Adam Sandler, what would Adam's, it be? Well, <laughs> not Banglish. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. He was he wasn't bad in that movie, and I would I actually have had seen people say that he should have been considered. I think the Oscars are dumb anyway, but I mean he should have been considered for that movie, and I could probably agree with that. Uh, uh, there's another one that <clears throat> people bring up too that I'm not quite sure what it is. Let me go to his IMDb now. That's going to be a pretty long if list. If you're asking me what's my favorite Adam Sandler movie, I'm going to go Happy Gilmore every time. Okay. I'm there on that one with you. However, I think The Wedding Singer is an incredibly underrated movie when it comes to Adam Sandler movies. Um, I mean, it, I, I like Billy Madison. Um, Big Daddy's good. Little Nicky's the one that people talk about that they like. I, I'm not a fan of Little Nicky. I love the soundtrack. I did not like the movie. So I got to go, Jesus, he's got, he's made a ton of movies. Yeah, man. Uh, so the one that I'm thinking of that people were talking about was uh, Punch Trunk Love. That was another one that people kind of said, uh, he, yeah. He should. Which I, I know people know this, but Adam Sandler has a unique position because he's got his own production company, I guess, right? That's what Happy Madison is, is his production company. Sure. But he's also able to just put his friends in these sh- in these movies that he makes. Like, he just does stuff yeah. for fun. What other actors are in a, that kind of a position to be able to just bring your friends on and let's roll with a, t- roll with a storyline and go with it? Tyler Perry. Okay. Are you saying that Tyler Perry is the black Adam Sandler? I I don't (laughs) know why you would put those words in my mouth. I don't know why you would say that. Um, Wasn't even thinking about skin color there. Um, Just know that he's a bajillionaire. He's got his own studio and he basically turned Atlanta into the new Hollywood. Um, Adam Sandler was in one of the greatest music movies of all time. He played Pip in the movie Airheads. Okay. Um, so there's Waterboy, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds. I don't think I've ever seen that all the way through. You Mr. know what a good one is, too? Mr. Deeds, you've never seen what? all the way through? Never seen it all the way through. Wow. Um, a good one 
that people don't talk about, and and it's crazy coming from me because I don't like animated movies necessarily. But Eight Crazy Nights is actually a good movie. Um, I've never seen Anger Management all the way through. I've never seen Punch Drunk Love all the way through. I've never attempted to watch Fifty First Dates. I hated the remake of The Longest Yard. Never seen Click. I do like I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, and I'm not ashamed to say it. You're not a big Kevin James never, fan, are you? Who? Kevin James. You're not a big Kevin James fan, are you? I'm going to go no on that. Okay. No. <laughs> You're not disappointing I, me. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you look... <laughs> You look like your feelings would be hurt if I said no. Um, I've never seen Zohan all the way through. Uh, surprisingly, I like the movie Funny People, and I know mostly everyone hated it. That was a pretty dark one, right? Never Didn't seen- that have Seth Rogen in it? Yeah, it's a very depressing movie where he thinks he's dying, and then it turns out he's not dying, and he tries to rekindle right. like a relationship, and then that fails, and... Uh, I don't know why I like it. Maybe it's because it's dark and depressing and I'm a shithead. That's probably it. <laughs> um, never seen Grown Ups. Never seen Just Go With It. Never seen Jack and Jill. That was, I have that's seen That's a, My Boy. That's a garbage movie, Jack and Jill. If there's I couldn't one imagine that, why. If there's one that you'd never want to watch, it'd be that one. But That's My Boy is a pretty good movie. I'm, I like Andy Samberg, though. I actually laughed out loud several times during That's My Boy. And I was so upset with myself when I was doing it. And I was like, well, they got me. He got me again. Uh, I've never seen Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2. I've never seen Blended. I don't even know what that There's is. A I cobbler. Don't I don't even know what that is. Oh, I actually have seen The Cobbler. You know what was good? So I haven't seen The Do-Over. I know that's a Netflix movie. But the Netflix movie he made with, um, and I say good, meaning it was watchable and it was like fun. Did you see, did you see uh, it came out last year, Murder Mystery on Netflix, him and Jennifer Aniston? I don't think I watched it. No, maybe I did. Shoot, I don't It was actually remember. a really entertaining movie. It was an entertaining movie. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Hubie Halloween, and he's got Hotel Transylvania 4 coming out. So, Jeez. I don't know, whatever. He's, he knows what he's doing, clearly. Um. How did we get on Adam Sandler? I honestly don't remember. How did we do I that? I know I brought up Kazam and Shaq. Oh, because Shaq was in the uh, Grown Ups movies, or one of them, or whatever. Grown Ups movies. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you said you had a. Let's go to music a little bit here. You said you had a Spotify topic you wanted to talk about. Let's go with that. You want me to rant about Spotify more? Is that what is this that what is, is that what this is about? I'm not sure. You didn't tell me. Oh yeah. You just said Oh I, yeah. Okay, let's hear it. So it's recently um the song Wonderwall by Oasis became just the second song in history with over a billion streams. I did hear okay. that. The yes. other one was uh the other one was um oh god. I don't remember what the other one was. I don't either. Damn. Shit. Either way, so when I saw it, I don't remember the first music publication I saw to tweet it. I just retweeted and simply said, too bad those people couldn't buy the song. 
thank you. And I added them at Spotify for another historic heist. And I said, hashtag music matters, streaming doesn't. And then slowly but surely, all of the other publications started picking up on that story. And I just retweeted it every time saying the same thing. Um, I would say it's been a mixed reaction to my, my retweeting. I think some people are like, yeah, I agree. And some people are like, you need to get over it. To which I say, no, I'm not going to get over it. It's the only, the only ones that benefit from those 1 billion streams are the board members at Spotify. Oasis does not benefit from that at all. Right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Imagine if they had sold a billion copies of that single. But they didn't. And they're never going to because of things like Spotify. No one seems to get this. No one seems, well, people seem to get it. But in the, on the, in the, the bigger picture, because we're just evolving, people just don't seem to care. Um, and I know this is a fight that I'm going to lose. And this is a battle not worth fighting because, you know, people are changing and the way we get our music is changing. But I just still, I just... Um, let's not even say of all of those people, let's just say if a quarter of those people would just buy the song, you know, but they don't have to, cause they can just go stream it. It's just, it's, it's just robbery, dude. It just bothers me. It's, it's just always going to bother me. Um, and I was actually talking to someone recently about this and I don't, I don't know if we ever talked about it on here. Cause I know I've, I've had several Spotify rants, but did I talk about how, one of the records that we put out was being sold by online music retailers and we didn't understand why or how they could be doing that. It had to be illegal. Did uh, I ever bring did, that up? I think you did because didn't you say you ended up calling a woman and talking to her? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So I did talk about that, but I, I was recently talking about that again. And the person I was talking to who's also a musician brought up the idea of like, well, how crazy is it that anyone can put you, on a playlist, your band on a playlist. And then that playlist is going to get into the, you know, put into the algorithm and spit out to however many people. And then those people are going to listen to your music, having not even tried to, having not even thought about purchasing it. And once it's, once it's just fallen into their lap, well, why would they purchase it? Now they know it exists and they can just go back to Spotify and search for it and just listen to it for free again. So even though they didn't intend to listen to you for free, they still get to, and they still have the ability to, you know, which is something I've thought about, but it just, it's, it's the corporations have been capitalizing on people's laziness for a long time, especially music corporations. What's one of the biggest selling compilation cds ever do you know compilation well, when, CDs? When, record, if, when you think about compilation cds and like a collection of songs and this is back when cd and when records were still selling you know people uh -huh. got their music physically what do you what was one of the bigger ones what was always at the top of the charts it's what it's a certain one i'm thinking of they would would it be now we put a collection yep now why do you one think that's through what i wonder what number they're on now are they still putting those out Probably. But why do you think those did so well? What do you, what do you mean? Why? Why? 
I mean, it's the why the, did they the, sell? The, the, why the, did they sell so well? Why? Did, because it's the biggest hits of that time. Exactly. And what's easier to the consumer? What's easier to because, the because you get a, a because you get all those top hits at once instead of buying each and every album from each yeah. and every artist. It's the same thing with streaming. It's the same fucking thing. They've just recreated that idea in a more in a more advanced way, and honestly, a more clever way. In an easier way, more efficient way, easier for them to steal money. It's the same thing. It's so. How does um, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. I, I so what you're bringing up is an awesome thought. I'd never thought about that before. But like on a now album, how like do do the artists that are on that album get paid per album that's sold? like a small portion of the amount of what that album cost, do they make that because they were on that album? If, oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, they have to make something off of it, right? Yeah, I mean, they're going to get royalty money from it, um, but not a lot. Not as much as if they had sold it on their own. Gotcha. I would think the the record label stands to benefit more from that than the artist. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's, I didn't even think about it that way either. Well, I just, you know, I never do, but <laughs> I'm trying to find out what the last one to come out was. Yeah. Cause they got into like now Christmas CDs and all that stuff, didn't they? Which I'm not going to lie. I did have a few of the now albums. Of course you did. I did. I'm trying to which think of ones? which ones I had. I think I had now six and now eight. And the only, so I remember that the, um, gorilla song Clint Eastwood was on one of them. Oh my God. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. That's as far as I can remember. That was only to, now six or eight. Yeah. I think I might have had now 12 uh, also. You ready for this? This this shit bomb I'm about to drop on you? Which one is this? No, no, no. Now that's what I call music. 107 to be dropped November 20th, oh 2020. Oh my God. That's so nuts. That makes me blood red <laughs> angry. I'm furious. I want to throw my phone. But, but here's, I can't believe but, it. I got to deal with but, but here's deal the, with this in a good way. You have to you have to think that the the selling of those albums has gone way down, right? Because we have streaming now. Because as you, you said, think, they're they're basically the same thing now. Well, in a way, they're just they're 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 capitalizing on what makes consumers so vulnerable, and it is their ability to think for themselves they want someone else to prepackage everything for them and just drop it in their lap you know but is that what streaming is i think it's that several people argue against me that it's not and they think it's beneficial because i honestly can't believe i honestly can't believe they're still making now albums because of that fact because it's like okay i'm gonna put 13 songs the biggest hits of 2020 on a now record or, or I can pay $10 a month and get Spotify and go and download all of the albums on or 
you know, for each of those artists and listen to all of their songs. So I don't, I can't believe that they're still even putting those out. Um, well, I think a large reason why they do is because the way that they're received in other countries. Meaning, that has a lot to do with it as well. Meaning what? What do you mean by receiving records? Records still sell. Records still sell in other countries. Really? And then now that's what I call music series originated in the United in the United Kingdom, where records still sell to this day. So still so, sell. You <laughs> still sell. Wow. So why do you think that is? Why do you think they still sell records over there? Do you think that because they most of the people have the mindset that you do? Because they appreciate things more than. But do you really? Because we're a bunch of do you, spoiled pricks. Do you really think that's the reason, or is there a different yeah, underlying right. reason? No, I think that's exactly it. I think they're raised to appreciate music more than we are, and I stand by that. I really do. Um, but people would argue against that as well, meaning like, well, why does every band from the UK? feel that they don't make it until they are successful over here? Why does every band from Canada feel that they don't make it until they're successful here? It's because the that I can't answer necessarily. But they've been conditioned to believing that the business model is better here. Thus, they will make more money here. I've but, had actually but, someone but, tell but, me but that. You kind of think, but you kind of think the opposite, right? You think the business model is not the correct way to go? Or the business model that's set you, up right now? I don't like streaming. I don't like things like Spotify. I don't. I don't think it's fair to the artist. And if there's one lesson you should learn from this evolution of music and the way that people get your music and the way that you put it out is that you need to own your music. Period. If you want to make any money from streaming, you need to own the rights to your music. If someone else owns the rights to your music, you're fucked. You should want to own the rights to your music anyway in a non-streaming world, but you definitely want want to now. Um, and I'm an idiot, so I'm going to call myself a hypocrite now. I had to learn about this the hard way because the last thing, the last project that I was a part of and the last music that we put out, it was under a label name. So because it was released under a label name, we didn't read the fine print or we were unaware of the fine print that Spotify has and it allowed these online retailers to sell our music. And you know who got the bigger chunk of that? Spotify. You know who got the middle chunk? Not us. Right. The fucking retailer. So we were fourth on the list of people that get paid from each sale. Um. And if this has changed, I would love someone to reach out to me and let me know because I'm certainly not going to go to Spotify and read the fine print now. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I don't like it as a way of releasing your music. I don't like it as a way of people hearing your music. I think you need to take control of your own destiny, and you need to be the one making sure that people hear your music. Don't let Spotify be the middle, the middle man or the middle of how people discover you or any streaming service for that matter. I get it, man. It's super convenient to go to YouTube and search a band's name and you got their entire catalog right there at your fingertips. I get it. One click away, you know, 
I get why that's convenient. I get why that's awesome. I get why, as a music fan, you find that to be beneficial. It's not beneficial to the artist. It's just not. And the music industry is not going to make it beneficial to the artist. Would you, if you had to guess, even your biggest name artists, do you think that they have the same mindset as you? Say, let's, okay, let's Machine Gun Kelly. Do you think he has a Spotify or an iTunes or something like that that he streams music from? Or do you think that he has the same mindset as you and he buys everything that he wants to listen to because he wants the artists that he's listening to to benefit completely from the purchase of that album? Mm, I would sure hope so. I would really hope that he would i would i would really hope that he would prefer you the consumer to buy music from his peers and not just stream it i really do i i think that he i think that if he was in the room now and you were to tell him your thoughts he would be like dude much respect but <laughs> convenience overrules that yeah, but I would go, well, dude, you just sold 160,000 records in your first week, you know? So I think my response to him would be like, you're kind of defying the way that the model works right now because you're actually selling records. And I think, but he's, I guess he's not an outlier, but, you know, pop music and hip hop, People still buy, I mean, they still sell records. It's not nearly what it was before, but... But do you think they're still relying <laughs> on record sales versus streams? Or do you think a major, big majority of what they're getting money from is streams? No, no, God, no. no. No, they're definitely not getting their money. No, no, it's it's touring, merchandise. Yeah, I mean, no. There's no way that, no. I mean... um. Well, it's like what you've talked about before. It's kind of hard to tell somebody, do not stream my music, because that's still a way that they are getting some profit and people are still listening to what you have. But, you know, but like you said, you still want to push people towards buying the record because it's basically like you're putting out, like you're putting in the work, but not getting the money from the work you put in. Everybody else is. Precisely cool. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) <laughs> fortunately which is kind of weird i mean there's not really any other industry out there i don't think that's like that um yeah uh, well yeah you're probably right about that i mean i let me think it's just weird because it's like a record label is like okay here's money you need to do your thing you need to put in the work you need to tour you need to do this you need to do that you need to put out albums but uh, we get the money back first. And then, like, you're at the bottom of the totem pole, even though you are the person, you are the people that put in the work to make this happen. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not, well, look, I certainly wouldn't tell someone not to stream one of my friend's bands. You know what I mean? I want them to get all the attention they can get. You know, 
But I also would say, hey, do you think instead of streaming them, you could just buy it, right? But I feel much better in complaining about the idea that one billion people streamed Wonderwall instead of just paying 99 cents for it. You know what I mean? Not really. Oasis doesn't need the exposure. They oh, don't. Okay. Need, they don't need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't need people to know who they are. They're doing just fine. So just buy the fucking song. It's it's just it's setting a bad precedent for all of the little the bands trying to make it and scraping to get by in a streaming in a music streaming environment. It's but just the, but then again, doesn't like oh wow. But doesn't it still for a band that's trying to make it doesn't it make it easier for them to be known and for people to listen to them to for people to stream their stuff like aren't aren't you more aren't you more likely to stream a song on a platform that you already pay for monthly so spotify whatever you pay monthly for it you you gonna listen to a band that you never heard of they're all in the up and up they're trying they're working their way up to try to be something you're more than likely to listen to their song there to see if you even like what they're putting out than to actually go and buy an album of theirs or buy a song of theirs. Now, if you like what they put out on Spotify, then you may go back and buy the album or buy that song that you like or something like that. But I just, I feel like there's a give and take there, but I understand where your side's coming from too, is that ultimately you want to buy that album. You want to buy that song that you like, but the convenience factor is there as far as you can listen to that song by streaming it. But then now you, that you've done that, you can just stream it whenever you want instead of having to buy it. So like, yeah, conven- you can just stream it again. Right. So convenience overrides unless you have the mindset like you do to buy it. And me and, yeah, me, and I, me and you recently had this conversation through text where you basically told me I'm an asshole because I'm on the other side of this. I am the person that has Apple iTunes. I pay for that monthly. And you asked me if I had listened to an Aesop Rock song yet. And I said no. So I immediately downloaded it. And I made the mistake of telling you that I downloaded it. Big mistake. <laughs> So then the next few text messages were you basically calling me an asshole and telling me that he just made the word point, close enough. But you basically said that he made point zero 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 two four cents off of that song that I just bought. You didn't buy it. You know what I mean? But okay. But, no. re- but regardless, let, let's go into that though. Tell me. So you asked me if I had listened to it and that was like as far as the conversation went. Were you asking me if I had listened to it because it was new music or are you asking me if I'd listened yeah. to it because of what he's saying, what he's actually saying in the song? All of the above, dude. Okay. I know you're a fan of him. Okay. Of his, okay. okay. So naturally I would want to go, Hey, do you know he has new stuff out? Have you heard it yet? I made the mistake of saying heard. You did. Maybe if I just said, have you bought it yet? You would have been like, you probably would have lied to me and be like, yeah, I bought it. Got it. You would have known you would have known that you were being set up for me to get outraged just, by you. Just so you know, there's a, there's some respect here between me and you because I thought about lying to you. Or at least not putting it into words that said that I just downloaded it. Fucking crazy. <laughs> but it's I didn't because I have respect for you and I don't want to lie to you. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> I just God. knew where the conversation was going to go. Well, yeah, well, like I said in the text, he appreciates that point zero 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 two four cents he made off of Colt. So are you a fan of the new stuff that he's put out? Or did you listen to the other track too? He's put out two singles on that yeah. album so far. Yeah, I got both of them. Okay, cool. Uh, I like them, yeah. I'm excited to hear the rest of it. But I, he's, you know, I, I think at this point he's got me. I, it's like one of, it's one of those, he's one of those artists that, you know, it's going, it's going to take a lot for me to, it might not be my favorite and it might not be something I listen to regularly, but it's going to take a lot for me not to just automatically go, oh, but say stop, so I'm going to get it. It's the same thing with Deftones. What intrigues me about like that, what know? what intrigues me about Aesop is that he's deep and he's topical. And but I have to listen to songs over and over again to catch a lot of the stuff that he says, and really try to think about what he's talking about in a lot of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be difficult for you to understand to. And I think that's a lot of times his not that he cares about being more known than he is, but I think that's what turns some people off about him is that they're just like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Right. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. But I'm the opposite side of that. I, I like, I like music that makes me think. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I, you know, I like simple, I like straightforward, but I also, like someone like him where you you hear him say something and you go what <laughs> <laughs> that's fun to do sometimes i don't like to do that all the time you know but um it it can be good but i but again me trying to explain that to so, someone who just likes their their music to be fluff it's they're they're it's like you know trying to ask them to disassemble a bomb. It's like, right. you want me to go back and listen to what part? And I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right. If I don't understand what he said, and if it's not one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock rock, I'm not going <laughs> to. Gonna... <laughs> ah. That's, 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 sir, is a callback to at least that is, 12 episodes ago. <laughs> that's a callback. That's what they call that <laughs> in the stand-up comedy world. Uh, <laughs> So don't let me fool you. As much as I say lyrics don't matter to me, they don't. I still appreciate them. Right. Because Aesop Rock is is by is a lyrical dude. I still appreciate them. It's just not something that I necessarily it doesn't necessarily it's not something that I feel needs to be my strongest asset, I guess. I don't know. But I'm also not trying to be Aesop Rock. You know, I think he's he's I think he's comfortable with the position he has in hip hop and being underground and you know. So um my music was never I was never uh, meant to be underground. So I'm gonna try to be as simplistic as possible for you. Yeah, I guess he's a little different. like he's he's under I guess could you consider him like underground mainstream? Somehow, like a combination of the two, or would you not really consider a mainstream um, still? I well, I don't consider him mainstream at all. No, but I would consider okay. him to be at the forefront of 
underground music, meaning there are well-known names within the underground music community. I think he is, he is definitely one of them. I would say the reason why I would say he was mainstream is because he had a song on Madden. Doesn't that make you well, mainstream? It helps. He definitely does, but <laughs> uh, but I, you know, he's well. Look, I would be curious to look it up, but that would take too much time right now. But I'd be curious to see how lucrative his whole journey has been because again, he's been a guy who's always done it on his own, you know? Um, and he has, he has a, he has a good fan base. He has a loyal fan base. He, you know, you and I know who he is. And when we say the name Aesop rock, there are probably, I would say seven out of 10 people would be like, who, I would ASAP say that, Rocky. No, that's what I was going to say. Rocky. I was going to say that. I yeah. bet most people think you're talking about ASAP Rocky or however you say it. Is it ASAP? ASAP? It's ASAP, right? ASAP Rocky. There's ASAP yeah. Rock. Um, but he's turned that into a business model. And, um, um, that, Harold, that Hail Mary Malian record that came out in 2014 or whatever, that, that was that whole record was the shit. And, you know, I think to the mainstream, it certainly went unnoticed, but I think it virtually went unnoticed with even um, the underground community. So he has this way of like, just putting, he's just constantly putting stuff out. And I think with him is like content is key, just like dropping, dropping, dropping stuff, dropping stuff. Right. Which I think is important to do hip hop anyway. I don't think hip hop's, a genre of music where you just disappear for long periods of time, you know, but he, I think he, I think he was raised in the mixtape era. You know what I mean? Where guys are just constantly releasing, like I said, putting out music. So, so I think he was, I think he's heavily influenced by that idea. I don't think he does it the same way, but I think he is influenced by the idea, but what the hell do I know? I don't know. Probably be like, no, very wrong. I'm just like, all right, fine. I, <laughs> I appreciate it either way. No, I'm a fan either way. So, I don't know. Well, you mentioned stand-up comedy a while ago. So let's transition to that. For one, I want to mention, and I know, I think you posted this on social media, so if anybody wants to go back to your social media, your son laughing to Disgraceful with Tom Segura is hilarious, by the way. Oh, yeah. I know he doesn't understand, but... To think that he does and to watch how hard he's laughing is hilarious. Yeah, it was funny too because he was doing it for a long time, but every time I would pull out my phone, he would stop. He he's actually like that. Like we try to get him laughing and like like it takes a while to get the the picture that we want because when he sees the phone, he's sort of like enamored by the phone and he doesn't want to right. like he just stops doing what he's doing. So that's why the video that I posted is from the angle it's at. It's because he didn't see me with the phone. Gotcha. I had to sneak up on him. But I wanted to get in front of him and like you see the full smile and like, but he every time I would do it, he would stop. Um, yeah, it's, it was super funny. Super funny. Probably not the most appropriate thing for me to be playing for my <laughs> three month old, but whatever. I had it on. I had it on up loud while I was cleaning my kitchen and he was, you know, laying there watching it and, <laughs> you know, loving every second of it apparently. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Tom Segura, he was on that first episode of the, the cabin, Burt Kreischer's new show on Netflix. 
Did you even know this was yeah. coming? I hadn't even heard. I, I, I just seen it because it just popped up on Netflix. No, no. I want, I want to pretend like maybe I had heard about it before, but I think it, it escaped. That me. seems no, so no weird. Idea. That seems so weird unless he did that on purpose. Because that's not how Burt Kreischer normally does things. Like, there's a big lead up to things normally. Yeah, he's a heavy, heavy promoter. Um, well, it so it was filmed in like January. I okay. want to say so right before the pandemic. So I'm wondering if there was confusion about to as to when or if it would even come out because of that. Um, maybe not. Just a, a kind of a guess, an educated guess I made. But yeah, no, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I think it's a cool concept. Well, it's an easy, excuse me, it's an easy concept. The one thing I didn't like about it, though, was all of the, like, um, non-reality parts. You know, like, there were, there was clearly, like, there was scripted, there were scripted things happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't like that. I was like, that was kind of cheesy and just sort of unnecessary. Um, and the whole idea that they're trying to sell us on the the idea that he went up to this cabin, this remote cabin in the woods, and his wife didn't know that he planned on doing a TV show or yeah, that, like there was having people. There. there was that in like, so me and my wife were watching it, and I'm and I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it, but. I made the comment, I was like, I don't like this. She's like, you don't like the show? And I'm like, no, I like the show, but I don't like the parts where they're him and his wife are supposed to be Skyping back with and forth with each other or him and somebody else doing it because you can tell that they're not actually talking to each other. You can tell that he recorded his part and she recorded her part at different times. Right because of how they cut it off. Like when he gets done talking and then she, she picks back up, like you can tell that there's a difference there. And I, maybe, maybe the common person watching might not, might not catch that, but I do. Those are the kinds of things that bug me. Yeah. I caught that as well, but I'll be honest with you. His wife was really good at it. She is good. I think she's, you know, when it was good, you know, when it was most obvious, is in the one episode when he was talking to Gabriel uh, Iglesias. Yeah, yep, that's where I first caught it, actually. Yeah, like, I was just like, dude, you clearly aren't talking to each other. Right. And Gabriel Iglesias, you clearly are a terrible actor. Like, <laughs> pick, pick it up a bit. Pick up the pace a bit, man. Like, who talks to humans like that? Like, he right. was like, uh, when he was like, when Bert was trying to tell him, like, who he had on that episode, right? And this was Gabriel's response. Who'd you have? And he like stared into the camera. <laughs> like he said it like that, where it was like, he was reading a line. Right. Like if you were like, Hey, I have some friends over like during this conversation, like, Oh, well, who's over there? Like, that's how I would say it. You know what I mean? Right. Acting or not. That's how I would say it. like, Oh, who's over there? Like eager and anticipating you to like for you to tell me. And like, right. I, I want to know. He was like, Oh, Who? And he like stared at the camera. I was like, oh God, this is awkward. It was, just, <laughs> it was like uncomfortable moments like that. But his wife was really good at it, man. Um, she sold it really well. Yeah. Whereas I'm trying to, did he, did he, did he FaceTime with any other comedians? In that? I'm trying to think. I don't think he did. Uh, I think his wife did with like Miss Pat at one oh, yeah, point. Yeah. 
and that was even more natural right than him and i don't um yeah so like the scripted parts i just didn't really they just turned me off the one that i the one that really bothered me was the um what's her name fortune whatever her name is farmeister um is that is that her last name well pretty sure that 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 girl Mm-hmm. When he's waxing his asshole and she's like eating the ice cream and she, yeah, that was, and yeah. Like, and, then, and then when she was leaving, yeah, that was, that was really, that was probably the worst one as far as what you it can was, tell was, just yeah. So, but overall I liked it. I mean, there were funny parts and like I said, it's an easy show to watch. I think you don't necessarily have to be a fan of his to like it, but I think it helps. Right. If you don't know who he is and you go into it not knowing who he is, you're gonna there are gonna be some moments where you're like, I I don't get it. Well, you you kind of have. I think you you have to know who he is and like how he who he's connected to in the comedy community because that's a lot of yeah. that show. But the the main one that I didn't like so much and it disturbs me that I didn't like it because I'm a big fan of Nikki Glaser and she's local, but. I, I just I think she it was an odd pairing her and Caitlyn Jenner together. Um, I don't think that was an odd pairing, but I think that episode felt forced. Well, it's not the kind um, of show that you would you think you would see Caitlyn Jenner on in the first place. But I think that's why it's a good idea. You know. Okay. I think that's why. Well, I think that's why it was a good idea. Whether the execution was there or not, maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I'd say the one that I, I liked the most was the first one, the Segura, Joey Diaz episode of the Miss Pat episode. Cause Miss Pat's hysterical. She is. Um, and combining her with Joe McHale is, is really good. Um, is just, it's good. It's entertaining. Yeah. Kayla Cuoco kind of um, seemed like the odd man out in that episode. But I think that was on purpose. So I think that's that, yeah. that's why that works too. You know, right. I think the objective was to make her uncomfortable. And if Miss Pat hadn't done it, Bert was going to do it. Right. So, well, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had texted you during one of the episodes I was watching. It was actually the episode with Bobby Lee and Donnell Rawlings, and that his name. And uh, yeah, it was a part where they're in the kitchen and they're, you know, they're drinking and stuff. But it's like they're bullshitting, but they're like talking about like serious topics. And I think I texted you during that episode. I was like, this is the shit that I like. Like, this is what I enjoy is like when you're doing a podcast, like talking about real shit also while you're also talking about, you know, a lot of positive things too. But like, I think that needs to be thrown in. Like, I think they think it's how people relate to you. Like for a stand up comedian to be on that show and talk about deep stuff not just what they're not just the crap they're talking about on stage, but to, you know, kind of get inside the head of somebody. I think that's the same way with like a podcast too. It's like you get to know people by them talking about themselves and also putting out real feelings on the show too. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. And it takes them out of their, their little bubble too, because to a lot of people like it, that's why I think it's important that, you know, at the very least who Bert Kreischer is, because if you don't, you're just going to be like, I don't understand what's going on. Like right. what world does this guy live in? You right. know, 
um, there's not much context there for you to really relate to anything he's doing because a lot of what he does and talks about is solely stand-up comedy in his little group of friends and comedians that he works with, you know, especially the first episode. If you don't know who he is and you watch that first episode, you're not really going to get the basis of the conversations and why is it funny that he and Tom Segura are trying to figure out which part of an emu to eat. Right. Like maybe to someone who doesn't know who those two guys are, that's funny. But I think to most people are going to be like, I don't get it. I don't Why are they, what are they doing? Like, that's just, to get, again, I'm guessing on that. But I know when I go into things and don't have a context or don't know who the person is, if they talk about things that only relate to them, I'm a little bit turned off by it. I get it. Talk about the real world. Like what, if, you know, you're talking about your little bubble. So, but I think everyone does that. And it's kind of where everyone's prone to doing that from time to time. For sure. It's kind of a natural thing, but I don't know. Well, we're coming uh, up on that. So, go ahead. Before we end, I'm who do you who do you got who do you want to win the World Series? Are you strictly going against the Dodgers because they're the Dodgers? Would that disappoint you if I said yes? No, I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really care if I disappointed just, you or not. I just wanted to say. <laughs> no, uh, I am. On behalf of most baseball fans, I want to thank the the Rays for defeating the Houston Astros. So thank God we don't have a Houston Astros, Los Angeles Dodgers jerk fest of a World Series. I, it would be hard for me to watch it if they if it were those two teams. So the fact that at least the Rays won, I'm able to, you know, watch it and root against the Dodgers. So very true. Hey, speaking of that, speaking of uh, well, sports teams that you're fans of your Browns are doing pretty decent this season. Well, yesterday begs to differ. Yesterday was a rough one. Yesterday was a rough one, but (laughs) as far as a start to the season, we're looking, we're looking okay. Yeah, it looks okay. Uh, you, you learn to be wildly pessimistic when you're a Cleveland sports fan. So that's where I remain. Um, I'm just I'm going to continue to watch and enjoy it, but not hope for what, anything other than what if they make the playoffs? What do you What do you do if they make the playoffs? D- does get your my pants? <laughs> does like if you're here like the whole season just because you know that at some point you're going to get screwed, they're going to let you down? Does it raise a little bit if if they get to the playoffs? Do you get a little bit of a oh, hope? No. No hope at all. Oh God, no! <laughs> oh fuck no! No, 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 no! That makes it worse, actually. Um, I, I, I've learned that I'm gonna have to be superstitious with this team this season because the two times they've lost, I've been in front of the TV, fully focused with Browns gear on, and they've lost. So I might have to, might have to change it up this next these next few games here. So, so how, how do you do that? What does that mean? Just not wear the Browns gear. <laughs> that's it. Just not the Browns that's gear. Yes. That's basically it. Yeah. You can't just, just have like the Browns game wear. on in the corner, just like out of sight, like just listening to it. You don't think that would help. 
I don't want to do that. I like football. I want to watch it. You know. <laughs> so you're not that superstitious. You don't. <laughs> I want to. No, I'm not. I'm not. But and I don't want to be. But I don't want to be. But I have to. I'm going to toe the line. But you know, I want to watch Baker Mayfield not read the defense again. That's that's my point. We won't get into him. I'm going to give him. He gets with me. He gets two more games. And I think that's where I'm going to draw the line on Baker Mayfield. And I really, really hate saying that because I like him as a dude. He's got a good attitude. He's competitive. He like wants to win, but. So you're saying if you're, just, if you're a coach, you give him two more games and we need two more wins before you make a final decision on, we bring somebody else in. Is that what you're thinking? No, no. I mean, you ride you ride out the season with him, but I'm just saying with me personally, and my expectations of who the Cleveland Browns quarterback is next year, he gets two more games. If he gets through the next two games with wins, I will withhold all judgments until next season. If he loses the next two games or plays like he did yesterday the next two games, that's it. Who's the next two? He has proven that he's not getting better who's the next two teams on the schedule let me look that up i believe we have let me see here god dang it i knew you were gonna ask me that and i wouldn't have it right there imagine that sorry so they have the Bengals, which is a game they should win but they're in cincinnati so that's problematic a little bit and then they have the raiders at home which is not not good but (laughs) um well, okay. But after that, what? That's a good topic to end on as far as you said at Cincinnati, which is problematic. Do you think that playing at home gives that much of an advantage this season because of COVID and not being able to have much of the, like as many of the fans in the stands, like especially in your, your cities like Seattle and KC and stuff like that, where they are known for their loud ass stadiums. You think it, makes a big difference? I think psychologically with the Browns, yes. <laughs> and it, and it, always, it always has, regardless of how many fans are there. So um, to the rest of the NFL, maybe not. But to the Browns, yes. I still think it's a problem. I think it's a problem, especially playing the rival team in Ohio. There's that added added pressure. They've already beat them. They looked good. Um, I didn't like how many points the Bengals put up on them. So hopefully the defense has made those adjustments. Um, but the, uh, the reason I say, well, I'll end on this. So the reason that Mayfield gets two more games with me is these, these have to be the games that you win. Because if you do, the next three after these are games you should win, given the talent they have and things like that. Um, they have the Texans, they have the Jaguars, and they have the uh, – Eagles, which are three teams that I think they should beat. For sure. Especially this year. Especially this year. So, um, yeah. So I think these two games are extremely important, especially coming off such a bad loss right. to your to your division rival. You're down in the division now, so um, 
All Baker Mayfield needs to do, honestly, for these next two games is not throw interceptions. And I, like I said, I'll, he just, he can't, if he plays like he did yesterday, then I, I gotta, I gotta go. All right, man, I want you to finish out the season, but it might be time to rethink who the quarterback is. He's just not getting better. He's not getting better at the things that he needs to get better at. Right. Specifically reading defenses. Um, and that's not, that's not an opinion. There's video evidence of that if you watch his interceptions from yesterday. Um, that's not just me being an armchair quarterback being like, oh, he sucks. I'm not saying he sucks. I think he's good at some things. But there are things that he's not good at right now are large contributing reasons why as to why the Browns have two losses. So I hate saying it because, I, like I said, I like the guy. Um, and I don't want to give up on him, but – Eventually, you gotta make it. You gotta make a choice, man. So, so we know the Baker Mayfield is listening. He definitely listens to this show. So, of course, of course, he. Two games, sir. That's all you got in Patrick Blair's mind. Two games. I wonder if he streams music or if he buys music. He definitely buys music. Why did you say that so quickly? I don't know. I think he, I think he, you think he listens to country. I bet he listens to country. He's like a Brantley Gilbert fan. I bet. I don't even know who that is. So don't (laughs) do that to me. That's a perfect place to end. Bad enough. We lost. Now you're going to throw that in my face. I don't know for sure, but that's just my guess. I bet he does. (laughs) 